What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of National Pastime. John Toaster and J-Rob here for the Super Bowl Picks and Preview. It's like the excitement, yes, but also the sadness, the last game of the year. Um, we're going to get to the game, obviously. The give you our... Is the Pro Bowl not afterwards? Uh, yeah, the Pro Bowl's afterwards. It's still in Hawaii. You know, who the fuck cares at this point, right? <laughs> um, but we're going to give you our picks for the game. We're also going to get into our picks for the NFL honors. Um, you know, we might discuss some of the odds there, but I, I think most of them, I would assume, are going to be pretty lined, but worth discussing anyway and then we'll catch up on some of the news that we missed uh in between our last recording um some of the coaching hires uh tom brady you know that guy he retired so we'll get to that stuff but or starting with (laughs) yeah or did he he spent a couple days with giselle and the kids and was like "Eh, never say never um but yeah we'll get to the game here the rams are the away team in their own stadium they are four and a half point favorites against Joe Burr and the Bengals. Um, this one, from a betting standpoint, is really, really tough for me because you look at this and it's like talent wise, you know, not even close on these rosters. Um, the Rams defense has flashed like some dominance, and they're in the back of my mind, there's always this potential that the Rams just absolutely like go ham in this game and the Bengals can't catch up, but there's something magic about what Joe Burrow and the Bengals are doing right now. And toaster, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to make you pick first. Uh, Where are you going in this one? This is one where there's two outcomes to me. Bengals win straight up or the Rams absolutely decimate them. And that's why I would suggest teasing the spread up to six and a half. Still keep it within a touchdown because I'm not that ballsy. We all know my record. We don't need to repeat it. Um, But keeping it just under a touchdown puts it to plus 120. That means you're making more money than you're willing to bet. And to me, that's just uh, since we can't parlay today unless we do, you know, over unders too. uh, that that makes it just interesting enough for me to say, let's put some money on the Rams because I'm worried about the Bengals getting into too big of a hole again they've done that multiple times this year Mm -hmm. and that offensive line is absolutely abysmal compared to the defensive line for the rams i don't see how they're going to stop them it's going to have to be short quick passes or prayers to jamar chase um or i guess quick slants and let him run 62 yards and take credit for 14 30 plus yard touchdowns if you're joe burr um (laughs) i just they're gonna have to get the ball out quick and that's not something that they're going to be able to be successful with. I think Jalen Ramsey wants to prove that he's still the shit in this league and will try to tr- try to lock up on Chase any chance he gets. We don't have Uzmoa, Uzamo, Uzama, CJ, Uzama, CJ, yeah, Uzama. Um, we don't know what his status is right now, but I think that that's a safety valve that ultimately Joe Burr is going to need. Drew Samples, you know, passable, but they just the talent discrepancy is too big here and the Cinderella story only goes so far. And ultimately I want the Rams to win at this point to keep the NFL interesting from the trade perspective that we've already talked about, right? Screw your picks. Let's get some actual veteran talent in here. 
They're mm-hmm. in a terrible cap situation next year with a lot of people they need to resign. But go all in, win the Super Bowl at home, and I'm taking the Rams at six minus six and a half. Okay. Um, for the sake of this, then are, are you saying that if you didn't get to move that line, I'd still you would take, be on the bench. You'd still I'd, take the Rams. I'd still okay. take the Rams. Yeah. Okay. You would just feel better about it. I'd, well, no, it's just, I want to maximize my profit, right? Uh, right. there's no, I don't get to I, Kyler Murray as far as I know, is not playing this weekend. So I can't, I can't parlay this with something else. So if I've got to, if I've got to make it a little bit more intriguing to me, I think, I, I mean, I was. I was t- touching, pushing this all the way to just under 10, quite frankly, but uh, don't want to get the totals 48 and a half. Uh, if you wanted to parlay that and I don't know how you're feeling about that ultimately. So that's a 24, 24 tie. And if you push one team over, um, damn, why is Vegas so good at setting the over unders? Um, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to go uh, with the over on that one. So I'll take over and four and a half. Wait under in four and a half okay okay flip-flopping that's okay nobody's gonna hold you accountable other than me so uh yeah you know i can't i can't really disagree it like i am curious to see if jalen ramsey does shadow jamar chase because i think that is going to have a huge impact on this game ultimately um but this is just one of those things where I feel pretty comfortable saying that Joe Burrow is the better quarterback based off their play this year. And I like the idea of the better quarterback getting points, especially more than a field goal. And, you know, the Bengals haven't had any blowout wins in a while. Um, Their run through the playoffs was, you know, led by the leg of Evan McPherson. But, um, you know, I think keeping it close enough is... I don't know. It, I, what worries me, I suppose, with this is I could see a scenario, like you said, where the Rams come out to a big lead and the Bengals are playing catch up and they're, they're chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, but they're down five, six points and they have the ball like last drive of the game, right? So there's no way you're kicking a field goal. You're not covering your bet that way. It's basically, like you said, win straight up um, or the Rams cover. So uh, it's, it's tough. I, my head says Rams, my heart says Bengals, and I think I'm going to go with my heart in this one, and I'm going to take the Bengals plus four and a half. I just, they're, it's hard to explain like the, the run that they're on, right? It's like, it's very unimpressive in, in a way, but I don't know the teams that find ways to scrape out those wins. I just can't, I can't cut them out. Count them out, and I can't count Joe Burr out right now. So it's I'm going to take the Bengals and the points because you're the one that got me on the Joe Burr train, and I've been riding the Bengals the entire playoffs, <laughs> right. contrary to what you've been doing. Yeah, now I know. We finally, we finally uh, flip flop. Uh, do you want to know what my biggest hesitation is? I alluded to it last week. It's that this What's is that? the start of the Evan McPherson, Adam Vinatieri dynasty because when 2001 Super Bowl against the then St. Louis Rams, heavily favored against some no name second year quarterback and mm-hmm. an elite kicker. Mm-hmm. New England Patriots, with maybe a little bit of extra tape that they probably shouldn't have had, uh, get the job done. And <laughs> maybe that maybe that's the storyline. I mean, that'd be an awesome storyline. I'm with you. My heart's with the Bengals. 
my heads with the Rams. And yeah. quite frankly, I think it's better for the league if the Rams win because that just throws so much more variables into player acquisitions, what the GM's going to do moving forward because draft picks may not be where ultimately the value is if the ultimate goal is to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. J-Rob, where are you leaning here? We're split. So I'm going to bet with my heart and my head and go with the Bengals. Um, I actually had a future. I couldn't be less afraid. (laughs) (laughs) I had a future on the Bengals when they made the playoffs. So that's probably the driving force behind it. Uh, But I think the biggest elephant in the room that you guys haven't mentioned is Matt Stafford hasn't had a blow up game yet or a game where he's showed his Detroit self in the playoffs. He had a throw last week that obviously, you know, no interception. You can't drop an interception because it's just a drop. But like biggest stage, biggest pressure. It's in a vacuum. You know, everyone's watching. Is it possible that Matt Stafford ends up just shitting the fucking bed? Because it's it's possible. We've seen it this we've seen it, it this year in primetime games. We've seen it in the regular season, and he was one bad pass away from it being something that cost them a Super Bowl. And I don't like to say someone's due for a bad game, but I think that's something that's concerning. Yeah. I I mean I hadn't thought about it, but yeah, it's like we've seen enough flashes of bad Matthew Stafford this year. In, in big moments, frankly, like big games for them, um, games against divisional opponents, games on primetime. And it, it's fair to question, you know, whether that's in the back of his head to some degree. I mean, you look at the run that the Cardinals game was really non-competitive. He didn't really have to step up too much there. Um, you know, the the 49ers, like you said, he made that made a bad throw there. The, the game against the Bucks also, they were up by a lot, right? So he never really had to feel the pressure throughout that game for the most part. So I, I'm with you. I mean, that's definitely something, um, you know, if if you're into vibes with your bets, right? Like that's that's got to be something that's in the back of your head for yeah. sure. And I'm for sure just trying to justify or like will those bets to win. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I do have another question for you guys. Similar, uh, speaking on like Jalen Ramsey covering Jamar Chase. Obviously, Burrow loves to go Jamar Chase, but do you think the height and size of Boyd and um, Higgins Higgins could present problems if Jalen decides to shadow and just let? Because I mean, he throws it up to Higgins quite often too. Like he's not scared to let Higgins go get the ball. Do you think there's other receivers that could cause problems for the Rams secondary? I mean, they've got the safety with the most tackles in the conference championship uh, week in Eric Weddle. So, no, that does not scare me. <laughs> fresh off of his uh, two-year retirement. Yeah, he was saving it up for this game. No, I mean, it, T. Higgins, to me, is like as big an X-factor Yeah, in this game as you're going to have on from either side. Um, I mean, he's the guy that can absolutely take the game over if he doesn't have Jalen Ramsey on him. And I, yeah, man, I mean, that's, that's a great call. It's Boyd, Boyd to me is less of a game breaker. Like Higgins could legitimately, if, if you need to hit big plays to keep up with the Rams, he's your guy you're going to, if Chase is going to be in a battle all game with, with Jalen Ramsey. Um, but I mean, the Bengals hat, there's talent on the team. I, I know it, we don't know about CJ Uzama, but like, 
even um, obviously Joe Mixon, right? But we saw the play last week with Samaje Pirine catching that pass, that slip screen and going 60 yards for a touchdown. I mean, they have guys they can get the ball to. Um, it's really going to come down to is the shoe finally going to drop for Joe Burrow and this Bengals offensive line against what the Rams do up front? Because to this point, he's been able to maneuver and you know make it work. And is Aaron Donald and Von Miller are they just going to be too much? Yeah. And you know that that's where it scares you. I think that the Rams could have a blowout situation here is yeah. because of those guys. I'm just worried that the the Rams are better at too many positions of importance and match up mm-hmm. that much better. I would give the nod to Joe Burr right now over Stafford, probably give even the nod on the receiving core um, for the Bengals over the Rams right now, but their linebacker core, their secondary, their defensive mm-hmm. line, uh, the stats that stand out to me, if you look at the comparison between these two teams, they're basically identical on points per game, points allowed per game, total yards, it's when yards allowed comes in and the Rams allow a hundred less yards per game than the Cincinnati Bengals right now. Everything else is basically even. So as long as Stafford's not making mistakes, I think that the Rams are able to cruise. And I think they got over their demons a little bit with that win against San Francisco last week. I think that they it's something where you, they won't let get let down at this point when they saw, okay, we, that was a demon that we need to get off our back, especially at home. We hadn't, we hadn't won six straight games against them. Now we have, we did it coming from behind. We've, we've got this in, uh, I I mean, obviously Joe Burrow and the Bengals are playing with house money at this point, but I think that the Rams just, there's too much talent, too much veteran leadership on that team to let this one get away from them. Yeah, I, I, I hear you there. But another element of, I guess, the Stafford, um, I don't know, uh, storyline to this game is I you hear a lot of people the last week or so talking about his legacy. And if this game, you know, what this game means for that legacy, he obviously has the volume passing stats, right? You add a Super Bowl to those numbers and it probably puts him in a pretty good position to make the Hall of Fame, um, especially if they continue to have success as a team over the remainder of his time in L.A. But, you know, how much is that going to weigh on him, too, in these moments? Is that going to be I – I don't think it necessarily plays in, like, play to play. But, you know, is he going to be sitting there in the huddle thinking, okay, it's third and, you know, third and five, I need to – I need a big play here and he does a little too much fumbles the ball throws a pick six you know like are those it, it's hard to i don't know you don't want to get into psychoanalysis too much with these guys but like that i know just from a human standpoint has to be something that is it's on other people's minds right so 100 and i i get where you're coming from completely and what he needs to realize is that they probably don't win if he needs to be the MVP. There's too much other, there's too many other positions. If they can get Cam Akers going for two touchdowns and 150 yards again, right? That's what they need to dominate the game. If they get just get the ball to Cooper Cup and let him run free for two touchdowns, 150 receiving yards. If Aaron Donald can, I won't put money on Don Donald as the MVP because I think that the Bengals are going to pay too much attention to him and it's going to be 
Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, somebody else coming around, getting the job done. But there's just, if, if Matt Stafford accepts that he's not the MVP of this game, then I think it's smooth sailing. Yeah. I, that's that's the recipe for success for the Rams. Absolutely. On the flip side of this, though, from a legacy standpoint, there's only four quarterbacks. I say in the history of the league, but all of them are since 1999. So I guess, you know, you can throw that out the window to some degree. But since the Tom Brady era. <laughs> yeah, well, slightly before. But only four quarterbacks in the history of the league have won a Super Bowl within their first two years. Um, Kurt Warner, 99. Tom Brady, 01. Roethlisberger 05 and Russell Wilson in 2013 and you look at all of those Patrick Mahomes had like six Super Bowls already uh, yeah. the oh. <laughs> unfortunately I think his first one came in year three oh. but um but you look at all these other guys right Warner had the greatest show on turf surrounding him right Brady had Belichick and an absolutely stellar defense Roethlisberger had a stellar defense and a great run game. And Russell Wilson had one of the best defenses of all time and Marshawn Lynch to lean on. And Joe yeah, Burrow's doing, yes, yeah, right. Uh, Joe Burrow's doing this with a mediocre defense, absolutely no offensive line. And he does have skill talent around him, but he is the straw that stirs the drink for this and, team. And not much of a running game to support it. I mean, Mixon hasn't averaged over four yards per carry since in, uh, he's done it one game since November. I, right. I mean, he's not he hasn't eclipsed 100 yards. He's only got two, three touchdowns since then. Like, it, this is Burrow's team. And watching him scramble around has been absolutely magical against the Chiefs and the Titans. I just don't think that he has the speed to keep up with the rest of the Rams defense at this point. Yeah. We'll see. But if he does pull this off, um, you know, we're looking at the start of what could be a really special career. Now, that said, it's like, you know, all of these guys ended up doing all right. Um, all four of those previous names I mentioned are very likely going to find themselves in the Hall of Fame one day. But um, or one of them already is. But, um, you know, there's no guarantee you ever get back. Right. Like Dan Marino made it his second year, never made it back. But I really think like Joe Burrow and we'll get into some of the the honors and stuff later on. But like if he's not the, you know, runaway favorite for comeback player of the year, um, you know, I think we're looking at things incorrectly with some of these other uh, some of these other guys. But I think big legacy moment ultimately for both of these quarterbacks for various reasons. But um, I think Joe Burrow's the kind of guy that will be motivated and will play better because of it. And in my mind, anyway, Matt Stafford is the kind of guy that will go the other way. So yeah. we'll see how it yeah. plays out. I mean, it's a great legacy game all around. Um, I would against my bets all the time. That's why I'm not sad about being <laughs> sub 500 from time to time. But to me, this is a great legacy for the state of Ohio, potentially, right? all those Cleveland fans that have been suffering for so long. And all you had to do was draft a quarterback at first overall. That was the secret. And that's all you had to been, do. It would have been good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh God. I, I don't even want to think about like what the streets of Cincinnati are going to look like if the Bengals win. Actually, if it's probably going to be bad either way, <laughs> they've already canceled school on Monday and they don't, right. they don't want to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, all right. So Jay Rob and I are on the Bengals and Toaster is on the Rams. Um, any lasting points on the game here, guys? I mean, it's the last one. Do you guys want to do uh Super Bowl MVP predictions? Who do you think is gonna call the Super Bowl MVP? Do you have do you have odds in front of you? Uh let me ch- he can while I'm doing um there is one more storyline that uh has popped up that it technically there's a heat advisory for this game. Not really? sure who ultimately that favors, but yeah, it should it's gonna be eighty-six degrees in Los Angeles, and they're playing under Basically, a heat lamp is what I think the the roof has been described as. So um, that first half kickoff will be in not as bad a sun as the Dallas Cowboys have to deal with in all of their <laughs> afternoon kickoffs. But it uh, is something that needs to be considered that, you know, the Bengals have been playing in, you know, Arctic temperatures, whereas the Rams have had a little bit more um, acclimation to what we would call closer to summer weather. Um, but yeah, actually a heat advisory. Okay. I was not aware of that. I, I mean, I think personally the Bengals are going to welcome it. The Rams, you know, you get soft sitting in nice weather all the time in LA. It gets over 90 degrees and people freak the fuck out. So that's true. Uh, yeah. All right. all right. So we got Super Bowl MVP odds. Matt Stafford leads the way at plus 135. Burroughs at plus 225. Cup 600. Donald 1200. Jamar Chase, 1,600, Odell, 2,500, and then Cam Akers rounds it out at 3,000. Cup, to me, at plus 600 seems like the best bet there. If, you know, we're just going off a quick glance. What what about you, Toaster? Um, Cup would have been mine at 600. It's not quite rich enough for me. So if I'm going to throw my money away on not taking quarterback, I'd probably go Cam (laughs) Akers at that point and say, if he can, if they can ground and pound and establish this game um, in his hands, that I mean, it's it much more likely that a wide receiver is going to be able to run away with this than a running back. But if they're able to get that that running game going, that it plus three thousand, I can't say no to that one compared to Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup yeah. to be successful, you're going to have to asterisk it with Matt Stafford at the very least, right? So you're it's kind of like cannibalizing sure. your own odds there, um, unless he's the only one doing it. Um, quarterbacks are always favored in this, um, and it, it's going to take a special performance. And I said earlier, 150 yards, whatever you want to call it, rushing, receiving, and two touchdowns, that probably gets MVP for one of either Acres or uh, Cup. Yeah. J-Rob. Assuming the Rams win. So you're taking, you're taking Cup in a losing Super Bowl? to be the MVP or you're just saying the Rams I have four and a half points there, bud. I I got four and (laughs) a half points. Rams win, but Bengals cover. Is that where you're at? I I think that's ultimately where I'm leaning. Yeah. I mean, if I've got the Bengals winning, then I think Joe Burrow is going to win it. Like no matter what happens in that game, if the Bengals (laughs) win it, it would take like Jamar Chase having like an all time playoff performance for, for Burrow to not get it. Which may um, not be out of the question. That's true. And um, plus, you said he was plus sixteen hundred. That's like that's pretty good for uh, for Burrow or for, for Chase. For Chase. Oh, for Chase. Yeah, sixteen hundred. Um, but just to be devil's advocate for your guys' MVPs for the Rams, I do think Donald at twelve hundred could be sneaky. He could have a very Von Miller Super Bowl fifty esque performance just destroying the interior of that line and not really giving Burrow a chance to go places because their edge is good that 
if if we're going to the narrative that if Matt Stafford doesn't have to be MVP, they're going to win the game, then I think Donald is a decent bet at MVP. All right, so we got three Rams as MV- lined up as MVPs and only one straight up Bengals victory. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> book it, Bengals, <laughs> Bengals and Joe Burrow. <laughs> Yeah, but I'll still be screaming at the rafters for fucking the Bengals to get this done. Believe that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll be I'll be rocking my Joe Burr jersey all day, that's for sure. One other narrative that I saw scrolling through some of these odds, the last 12 uh Super Bowl matchups, the team with the better overall record is 1 and 11. Is that concerning if you're a Rams if you're a Rams better? No. I wouldn't I, that you wouldn't would factor into my into head it? No. necessarily. But, okay. um, you know, they're, these teams were separated by, what, two wins in the regular season? Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's it, – it'd be one thing if, you know, you said there was a gap of X number of wins. Like, it, the team that had four more wins than the other team lost or – I don't know. Like, it, to me, the two wins, it's that's not really – I mean, yeah, we're also talking about the Patriots for th- five of those – matchups right there um so i mean you've got to put a little context on anything here that uh, sure. yeah the eagles weren't supposed to win and they just played fantastic in that game um and again that's tom brady for most of this so i i don't put much just like i don't put much in historical stats for these teams there's too much turnover from year to year that's saying you know right. even the 49ers winning six games in a row against the rams spectacular but that doesn't necessarily mean that i'm gonna lean that way next year right for sure i mean frankly i don't even go back more than a month when looking at you know performances to make picks with this yep. stuff it's playoffs is a different animal um yep. super bowl is a different animal so we'll see all right i think that does it for the game itself do we want to transition to the nfl honors picks can we can we actually make this competitive instead of the fucking pro bowl <laughs> the NFL honors. Yeah. You didn't like the two hand touch rules. You do full contact NFL honors, just like forearm shiver and Goodell's chest as you're shaking his hand. It, seriously though, like is the pro bowl, how much longer are we going to do this song and dance with it? It's, it's meaningless, right? It's, like still makes money is the least watched pro bowl in since like 2008, 2009. And it still be NBA all-star games, which are also, you know, about as much contact. Yeah. I mean, I would do, I, I would watch the, the skill competition stuff, like the dodgeball, the skill competition stuff, right? Well, no, I didn't watch anything, <laughs> frankly, <laughs> but like, if that's all the weekend is about and like truly like, you know, seeing the best of the best compete at either like 40 yard dash times or, um, elevator you know, rides. Ob- obstacle courses. Yeah. Elevator rides. Um, like seeing Kirk Cousins try to throw balls through uh, holes in a, a a board like that. I don't know. That doesn't really do it for me. Um, but yeah, I just can't imagine like that was embarrassing, frankly, for the league uh, from my point of view. Yeah. Six interceptions in the first, I think it was the first quarter, but at least the first half to for your, you know, premier quarterbacks. Um, it's just, this is a sport where you don't just get to schoolyard ball. If you're not all, if you're not going all out, right? Like schoolyard ball, all out, run around, 
make have some fun that's awesome but if you're just gonna get eight seconds in the pocket and just wait for somebody to pop open then what's what's the point yeah all uh, right yes yeah, so we're gonna skip the pro bowl uh, is what okay. we're saying <laughs> all right um MVP NFL honors mvp uh you want to start us off toaster sure so i there's only one choice here unfortunately and i don't i know the nfl doesn't like rehashes which is why the mvp is never the offensive player of the year or the defensive player of the year i just think that there's only one way you can go with this one and that's aaron Rodgers. he just did too much for that team um you saw what jordan love was when they weren't there when he wasn't at the helm they won the most games in the league this year and he had another spectacular season so to me Aaron Rodgers runs away with this one because the ball's in his hands every single play. I want a Jonathan Taylor. I want a Cooper Cup, but they they are game flow dependent. It's kind of like a pitcher, right? Starts off with him every single time. He's going to get the benefit of the doubt being the most valuable player on the field. Yeah. I mean, I think Rodgers is obviously the favorite here, right? But I I would go Brady. Um, you know, looking at this Brady threw for 1200 more yards, five more touchdowns. He had to deal with all of the injuries that the bucks dealt with all year. And I know the Packers dealt with a lot of that too, for, for the most part, but I, I think the deciding factor for a lot of people, people will be looking at that interception number and seeing four for Rogers. Mm -hmm. But frankly, like, I don't know, just perusing, uh, you know, the quarterback stats on pro football focus, Brady and Rogers had nearly identical turnover worthy play rates. Like Rogers just got real lucky this year. You have to get lucky to have that low of an interception number, frankly. Um, I don't, you know, I doubt voters will take that sort of thing into consideration, but if it were me, especially with the narrative of him retiring, I'd be going Brady. I don't, not like that money pick just because again the league's about narratives and if brady says he's retiring going out leading in stats and getting mvp um sounds like just enough to persuade him to stay the fuck out of the league and maybe that's what 31 other owners want so they might uh, <laughs> curtail um and not that the nfl would ever do anything nefarious to make you know their interest made known um, of course but not. that is, that is something I think Jay Rob, are you on the same train as, uh, John? I am. I think it'd be hilarious, um, for the NFL to kind of be like, Hey Aaron, you, we know you're really good, but all the fuck shit you did this year, uh, you're not getting, getting an MVP, which means you're not getting a fat bonus and we're going to give it to Tom on his way out. So sit on this and spin bud. <laughs> yeah. So, well, and when did, do we know when the voters have to have their votes in? It was, it's supposed to be within the first week of, um, after the end of the season, I believe. So okay. it is a regular season award. Yeah. I, I know it's a regular season award. I just wasn't sure if it was like, you know, they didn't have to cast their vote until this week or something. In which case the, the Packers abysmal performance, uh, against the 49ers would have had to play in people's minds. Um, but yeah, I Rogers, I, you know, if he wins it, I'm not surprised me one bit, obviously. But um, I think Brady, Brady's got as good a shot, you know, as Rogers does in, at this, in my mind. 
Yeah. Um, MVP voting was done by January 9th, the start of the um, okay. wild card weekend. Okay. Super wild card weekend. Sorry. Get it right. Brand name. Um, all right. Offensive player of the year. Uh, it's a toss up between Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor, both at minus 110. Wow. Ooh. They have the same odds. Mm hmm. I think this is a. I think it's Cooper Cup, and it's not even particularly close. I think it's Jonathan Taylor, and it's not even particularly close. What? No way! I mean, Taylor had a great year, but we're talking about like led all other running backs by 500 yards. He basically had a third of the season on every single running back behind him, and you had Carson Wentz as your quarterback trying to basically make a playoff push. Everything. All of the success was on that defense and Jonathan Taylor controlling the game. Cooper Cup had a fantastic year, otherworldly year, but I don't think that you swap him out for Robert Woods and OBJ, some other combination of wide receivers, and you're dropping off anywhere near as far as you are if you're dropping off uh, or taking Jonathan Taylor away from the Colts. Yeah, but this isn't an MVP award. This is purely a performance-based award. Yeah. I agree. So the best offense, the most, the most valuable, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> the person that contributed the most of the offense to me was Jonathan Taylor. I, I mean, that that's, that's fine. I get that argument, but we're talking about legitimately like an all time season from Cooper cut this year and an all time season from Jonathan Taylor he had 20 touchdowns, 20 touchdowns. What, how many yards did he have? Over 2,000? 1,300. 2,000 total yards, you're saying? Yeah, 2,000 total yards. Jonathan Taylor was over 1,700 yards rushing easily, J-Rob. Let's look it up. Let's look it up. Well, I thought that's what the intern was here for, not just spout out random ass <laughs> bats. He did, he did have 1,800 yards. Um, and, yeah, he had, let's see. So he led the league in rushes, yards, touchdowns. He had 18 rushing touchdowns. And yards per game, 106.5 yards per game. He also added two receiving touchdowns, 40 catches, 360 yards. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, 20, what is that? 2,100-ish, 2,200 yards total. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's definitely, it's closer than I thought it it, it is. Um, I, I just, I don't know. Cooper Cup, and again, narrative, how much it plays into this whole thing, but Cooper Cup was like the darling of the NFL this year when it came to like individual player performance. I, I I'm shocked that it's even, or I would I would have been shocked, I guess, that it's even odds. But looking at Taylor's numbers, I could I could see it happening for sure. I'm I'm leaning Cup though. I just think about how much more in control of his own destiny Taylor is versus Cup, and that's where to me that's a better offensive performance to outscore cup by 600 yards, six TDs. And he's got to do this with a team that had zero offense to speak of outside of him. Right. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, you're not going to convince me that Carson Wentz opened up running lanes for, uh, for Jonathan Taylor necessarily there. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I'm I'm gonna go rapid fire then if we're good to move on. Or J Rob, what was your pick? 
Uh, Mine was Jonathan Taylor, but just because it was the five touchdown game, I think that helps kind of swing something in your favor. If you have an all time scoring game like that, not all time, but like five touchdowns in a game is nuts. And so I think that kind of helps swing it. Yeah. And if you took that game out, he'd still lead cup in yards and touchdowns. (laughs) Well, shit, let's go look at touches. (laughs) I mean, he had fucking, he had what? We said he led the league in rushes, 332 rushes and additional 40 receptions. I mean, if we gave Cooper cup the ball 370 times, I'm sure we'd We'd see some Debo Samuel. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) <laughs> All right, I think we can push through these next three real quick. Let me know if we are not consensus on this. Defensive okay. player of the year, TJ Watt. TJ Watt. Offensive rookie, offensive rookie of the year, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. And defensive rookie of the year, Mike, Michael Parsons. Parsons. Yep. Everybody Honorable think. mention, Patrick Sertan, but he will not sniff that award. But yeah, shout out to the only decent person on that team right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. All right. All right. Comeback player of the year. I think everyone knows where I am on this one. It Kim Kardashian. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Dax at minus 140, Burrows at plus 110, Nick Bosa How? at 6,500. I had Burrow. I told everyone to get on the Burrow train at plus 600. I can't believe he's still positive at this point. That's, I can't either. I, and I get that this is a regular season award. Playoffs aren't allowed to be included, but just what he was able to do with that team, with that offensive line, it, it, to me, they're. Coming off of an injury, it, the only thing that can be counting against him, I guess, is that he didn't have a full season his rookie year. So how was it a comeback year? Because he never was there. I I don't know, man. I mean, that's, that is shocking to me. I, I had in my notes that it, Dak is probably closer than people think because in my head it was like, no fucking question, Joe Burrow, right? Um, but the, I I cannot there's no way i could pick uh dak prescott over joe burrow in is, this is this just the interceptions thing that you said would win um rogers the award that because burrow led the league and or was super high up there in interceptions that they're going to hold that against him maybe i mean burrow had 200 more yards he had all, almost two more yards per attempt he only had three less touchdowns like i I don't know, man. That's that's pretty crazy to me, honestly. Plus, Joe Burrow led the league in completion percentage. Like, that's crazy. Because in my mind, like Dak's year was um, very uninspiring. Um, you know, based on the expectations that we had for that team. But man, do yeah, you think I the mean, severity of the injury affects the odds or affects the comeback? you know, potential of it because of how just nasty his injury was. Whereas Burrow people are like now like, Oh, ACLs are, you know, not a big deal anymore. Whereas his was like a reconstructive, like reconstructed leg. It wasn't Alex Smith level. Like I don't think anybody was upset giving Alex Smith the award last year because, you know, he legitimately almost died. I don't think Dak was ever to that point. He already had his, you know, light in the sun with uh, hard knocks this year. I just, I don't see where these numbers are coming from, quite frankly. So um, thank you for letting me know, Burrow is still positive. Put, I'll put some money on that one. Double down on that shit. Yeah. yeah. The other element too is hard knocks playing into people's minds here where Dak's like comeback narrative was heavily pushed 
-hmm. in hard knocks. So, you know, maybe that's on people's minds too, but I mean, that's crazy to me that Burrow's positive and Dak is that big of a favorite, but I'm going Joe Burrow. And I mean, just think about the talent around them. Yeah. The Cowboys won two more games, but it was expected that they make it back to the playoffs, right? The Bengals, some idiots had their coach being the first one fired this year and now they're in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Idiots. Yes. Some idiots, right? Uh, all right. Yeah. I'm, I'm on Burrow. Are we all on Burrow? Like if we had a vote for those odds. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, speaking of Zach Taylor and people that wanted him fired, he makes the list of NFL Coach of the Year. Uh, the odds are Mike Vrabel at minus 185, Zach Taylor at plus 250, Matt LaFleur at plus 350. I'm actually really shocked by some of the people that did not make this list. Hmm. Brian Flores. I... <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, for me, it's got to be Vrabel. It's Vrabel I, for me. I know Taylor, you know, is got to be on people's minds as well, but, um, you know, they locked up the number one seed. They were without tractor Cito for all that time. I mean, they, they, the coaching job that he did to just not even keep them afloat, right? Like I would have been like giving them a fucking golf clap if they made the playoffs and to secure the number one seed, like that's impressive as hell to me The the one name that, I would be tempted, like if I had a vote, would be Bill Belichick. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you can give it to Bill over Rabel to me because of that streak they went on in the middle of the season. I mean, they had a six-game win streak, and that came against Buffalo, Kansas City, Indianapolis, the Rams, and the New Orleans Saints. That's just, to me, that's saying it's a coach that's getting his team ready week after week against the best competition, and that's three playoff teams and then two borderline playoff teams that were in it right till the very end. That's a hell of a stretch to do that. Um, yeah. Buffalo, Kansas city were at home, but still it, there's no, there wasn't a stretch like that for anybody else except for the Indianapolis Colts. And they started off on one, three when they yeah. went through that same stretch. Jared. Are any of you guys surprised that um, Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay did not make the cut? I'm not. Because I think that they did, it was just too inconsistent throughout the year, in my opinion. I, this is somebody that, you know, yeah, the Titans lost to the Jets and they lost to the the Jags or the Texans. But, you know, those are <laughs> anomalies. <laughs> I mean, I, I also think this award almost always comes down to who exceeded expectations, yeah. um, which is why Zach Taylor is going to be a heavy favorite here. But, um, you know, if you would have told somebody before the year that, you know, what, hold on, let me pull up uh, Carson Wentz's numbers here, but that uh, Carson Wentz would throw for 3,600 yards, 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions for the Colts. Jonathan Taylor would have 2,200 yards of offense and the Titans would be without Tractor Cito for the majority of their season. And, and the Titans, Jones for a decent portion of it. I mean, yep. And the Titans were still going to be the number one seed. You'd be like, you're fucking high. There's no yep. way. Um, so I, that to me has got to be the tiebreaker there. It's yeah. Yeah. To me, it's variable. John, you got variable. Where are you landing? J Rob. Uh, with those three that are there, 
I would probably just go with Zach Taylor just for the sake of them being in the Super Bowl. I know it's like this is another one that's regular season, so it'll probably be Vrabel. Yeah, Vrabel would be the safe one, but Zach Taylor definitely, you know, is enticing at plus two fifty. All yeah. right. Well, we'll find out on on Thursday where where we land on this. It sounds like we got a p- pretty solid parlay going, at least on a uh, defensive player of the year, and then the two rookies. What were those odds? for those three just to do the quick math on how little money we would make parlaying that <laughs> for which ones the rookie ones yeah the two rookie ones and defense uh, of the year parsons is minus ten thousand. jamar chase is <laughs> okay. minus 250 tj watts minus 350 minus 2000 or 10 no ten thousand. Ten thousand. chase oh no no 10- jamar chase is minus 250 Oh, Micah Parsons is minus Micah 10, Parsons is minus ten thousand. Oh, oh, okay. Still, TJ Watts shit. minus three fifty, and then Rogers is minus four hundred. Those are like the biggest, biggest favorites. The rest you are guys, like the hundreds. Do you guys all want to go in on a thousand to win three dollars? <laughs> yeah, well, dude, that would be one, some bet too, where like one of them doesn't hit, and you're like, yeah. "What the fuck?" All right, yeah. well. Congratulations, Michael Parsa or Mike Parsons, but uh, yeah, no one's no one's uh, betting on you. <laughs> All right, um, let's get into some of the talking, uh, you know, talking points of the week. I guess before we wrap up here, unless any lasting points on the honors. No. All right. So obviously, uh, the coaching candidates, all of the open positions have been filled. We now have. Uh, Mike McDaniel is the new head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Lovey Smith is the fucking head coach of the Houston Texans. Dennis Allen gets the Saints job. Um, of those, the Lovey situation has to be the the weirdest, right? Like that feels very much like it was pressure put on them to. I think it was just a typical patriots front office trying to think that they're ahead of the rules and they hired a minority coaching candidate from a coordinator position they were expecting two third round draft picks out of it yeah they just didn't realize yeah they're like wait so how does that work if we yeah they yeah it's fucking galaxy brain it's gotta be your bull (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean good lord their process I mean, we talked about Doug Peterson um, landing uh, with the Jags last episode, how we liked the result. The process was atrocious to get there. The Texans are in the same boat. This process was dog shit. And you can tell they were just dying to hire Josh McCown. But, and again, you know, Lovey, good for Lovey. Um, You know, not many coaches get a third shot. Uh, I think he, you know, I'm a little biased, but I'm cool to say that I think he's, he deserves another shot if, you know, the candidate pool is what it was at this point, but, um, or especially if he's going up against fucking Josh McCown, but this to me almost underscores Brian Flores's point that even when black coaches are getting these opportunities, they're often getting less than ideal opportunities. And I, from what I've seen, um, the reports, you know, Lovey's deal is expected to be shorter term, which obviously, right. And 
we're just going to go into another situation where it's like, unless he fucking surprises and makes the playoffs with a dog shit roster, like there's no fucking way these guys aren't canning him next year. It's just, it, it keeps the cycle going and it, God damn. I mean, it's <laughs> such a this, bad situation. This is a hundred percent the Brian Flores lawsuit working. And it's an interesting paradox here because if he hadn't, filed his lawsuit as early as they as he had there probably isn't a minority head coaching candidate in for the texans there may not be for the dolphins either and it could have been a complete shutout um and technically it was a shutout just to be clear um there were nine head coaching vacancies seven of those were for non-minority candidates those two those seven teams hired non-minority candidates the two teams with minority head coaches that were fired hired minority head coaches so we're yeah. just at status quo in the league um yeah. but the the part that gets interesting here is that you aren't allowed to retaliate for seeking legal action for discriminatory practices and the lovey smith hire him not being within the top three of the candidates publicly admitted to by the texans it was brian flores josh mccown and jonathan gannon mm-hmm. and then they back out and they hire their defensive coordinator, 31st in the league um, defense last year. Um, all the overachieving to me was you got to attribute to David Coley at that point who got canned. So you're hiring somebody from that same coaching staff that wasn't responsible most likely for their success. And John and Brian Flores has an even better lawsuit now, second lawsuit that says now not only was there discriminatory practices in the beginning, but there was retaliation that he can seek after now. And that looks like a pretty slam dunk um, opportunity for him right now, in my opinion, because Lovey Smith wasn't even on the radar. Yeah. Fucking wild, man. Absolutely fucking wild. Uh, Also, uh, Mike McDaniel being, um, I, I I don't, multiracial is came as a complete shock to me um <laughs> i was like whoa okay um but you know good good representation matters so it's better than nothing um all right outside of the coaching news and the brady stuff maybe i feel like we need to give more time to it on its own later maybe after the super bowl the he finally retires yeah, the single biggest story of this week um, to me was Kyler Murray purging the Cardinals from his social media altogether. And w- what is the motivation here? I know he's eligible for an extension now, but he was going to get the fucking bag anyway. And like the Cardinals aren't going to trade him. There's no fucking way. Like, who are you? They're just. It just makes no sense other than him wanting to throw a little bit of a fit. And I know he has fucking completion because the last game he threw in, he had an eight QBR rating. <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, I, I know he has he seems to be lingering the the baseball thing a little bit. But Jesus Christ, man. I mean, what is he doing right now? I don't get it. There's it's unfathomable right now what is going on in his mind. He's in no position of leverage, especially with that collapse at the end of the year. 
to me, I think that he's doing this to try to keep Cliff Kingsbury around. Like, I really can't think. I told you the only thing that I could act absolutely see him doing this for was to leave for baseball. But I'm sorry, dude. Tim Tebow left for baseball too. And three years off of trying to hit a curveball, you're not going to be the same dude that you were going to be when you were drafted first overall. And the money's not there. There's no way you're making as much money in the next three years in the MLB as you will in the next, you know, in your fifth year contract, um, or your fifth year option that you would be in the NFL. So suck it up. We don't always like our bosses and go about this like a man. I just don't like it legit to me as a little baby back bitch crying right now. We gave you or the Cardinals gave you DeAndre Hopkins without that. Holy hell. I don't even know where we'd be in this conversation because that he's bolstered his career um, better than anything else that you ever could have surrounded uh, Kyler with. Well, and it unfortunately like just lends itself to continuing to push the narrative forward that he's kind of a bad teammate, right? From what we saw at the end of the year and him pouting on the sideline and all that stuff. I mean, I don't necessarily, you know, like to buy into that stuff without um, proof, but it's like we've now had multiple instances towards the end of the year when they were struggling. And then now with his social media thing that it's like, it, is it is it a big deal? Probably not, right? At the end of the day, I don't know what it changes, but it's can't, you know, if you're his teammate, it probably doesn't make you feel very good. Um, you know, yeah, I'd be texting him like, bro, what the fuck's going on? Sticking around right now. Um, I, I just don't, he has zero leverage. Again, he's under contract for next year. He's going to be under contract for a fifth year option because they're probably not going to extend him at this point. And I don't think you can extend him because you don't know if you're going to want Cliff Kingsbury for you uh, next year or after next year. Right. And the next coach that you bring in may not want Kyler and that drama or that contract with him. So it makes zero sense for the Cardinals to extend him early. He hasn't proven anything. Yes. He's a two-time pro bowl quarterback, but I think we've all seen that, that we pro- we just need to get rid of all the incentives regarding the Pro Bowl at this point because if we're going yeah. to your sixth, seventh alternate and calling that a Pro Bowl um, caliber quarterback like Mac Jones was this year, like this right. get that's not actually a stat anymore. So you can call yourself a two out of three year Pro Bowl quarterback, but you didn't play for, like that or earn that in any way whatsoever. Right. It's just it's confusing ultimately is what it is. And I would, I would love if he came out and said what th- was can going he just on. Not, like see the keyboard is the desk too high. Maybe he delete on accident. <laughs> He's like, Oh shit. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's a bad look though. The part that was weird to me was the timing. You know, they've been out of the playoffs for a month seemingly. And it happened the day after the pro bowl, which he was around a bunch of guys it's not the first time that we've seen high-level athletes at the top, like Kyrie and KD talking in the mm-hmm. All-Star game in the tunnel. Like mm-hmm. we've seen it happen before. Do you think there's a player or players that were at that game, probably an NFC team? Do you think there was anyone in Kyler's ear trying to maybe poach him out of out of Arizona? I mean, the, well, betting, the, the betting odds are the Bucks, right? Plus yeah, 500 and, for him to play on and the, the one. The one photo that he kept that has any sort of tie to the Cardinals, which is him in a Pro Bowl uniform, um, was with 
uh, Mike Evans next to him and talking about the Texas connection. So yeah, I, I guess like maybe there's some of that, but there's no way, like the Bucks can't put together a package for Kyler and the Rams are 30th overall pick for the next three years. And right. I'll trask. Right. The the Cardinals aren't doing that. Like no way in hell. They'll mm-hmm. they'll tell Kyler to, they'll call his bluff and say, Yeah, sit out the whole fucking year. We don't care before mm-hmm. they trade him for pennies on the dollar. Kurt Warner came and rode off in the sunset in Arizona. Maybe Tom Brady wants to do the same. <laughs> trade trade for Tom Brady's rights. That would be like such an Arizona sports team move though, to pick up like the corpse of somebody and try to revive them for a year I mean, or two. Let's just I think we can not call Tom Brady a corpse at this point. Right, well, right. considering yeah. we have him as uh two of us have him as the MVP front runner here. Um fair, fair. but yeah, there's just there's no leverage. It's just it like you said, he's already had question marks about his leadership and this did nothing but make those bold italicized and underlined it just yeah. is a terrible terrible look um to j rob's point if you were going to do this and w- try to play it off as okay i need to start fresh on the season you do that right after the playoff loss like you mm-hmm. just say okay we're cleaning house here mentally i'm gonna go do my buddha shit in the end zone and clear my mind and that season's gone and let's prepare for the next doing it after the pro bowl just means that he was looking for some sort of attention and he's clearly getting it, but there's not going to be any action that can come out of this. I mean, if Russell Wilson wanted to throw a tantrum last year and try to force his way out of Seattle and it was nowhere near working, there's no way you're going to do that on a cost controlled quarterback for the next two years. Right. Exactly. We'll see. Maybe he'll, he'll pull an, maybe he'll grow up next week. Well, I don't know how much taller he's going to get, but, um, all right. I think that about does it. Any, anything else before we get out of here, guys? No. Let's uh, send this season off and, you know, a beautiful Super Bowl. Hopefully it's competitive, um, unlike some of the more recent ones, but um, always entertaining. We got Snoop Dogg at the halftime show, so we'll see what song he's ultimately able to play. I don't know if he's got a rendition of Barney and Friends or something that's uh, made for TV, but <laughs> um, like it should be a spectacle. You know, LA is going to play it up, and I'm going to have that TV on far, far before the game to be a part of that experience because I'm sure they're going to do it upright. Oh, for sure. All right. Uh, well, I think that does it for us then, guys. Everybody, thanks for listening to our Super Bowl picks and preview. Um, bittersweet, bittersweet, but I'm excited for this game. So, anyway, that will do it, and we will catch you later. Go, Bengals. Go, Bengals.